and welcome to the Zoe Health Podcast, a conversation where we explore topics that affect women's health and wellness and matter to you. I'm your host, Dr. Nontlantlas Tole, co-founder of Zoe Health, your all-in-one women's health and wellness platform. We love hearing from you and interacting with you, so please join the conversation in our community chat to let us know what your views are or to share your own stories about the topic we'll be covering today. For more information, please visit www.zoehealth.com. Zoe is spelled Z-O-I-E. We hope you love listening to the podcast. Please remember, any information we share here is not a substitute for a consultation with a qualified health professional. So make sure you book your next consult soon. Let's get started. Today, we'll be talking about caring for your mental health in the midst of uncertainty. And my guest is registered clinical psychologist, Umpile Sibitwane. Umpile is a registered clinical psychologist and a seasoned HR professional. She holds two master's degrees in clinical psychology and business leadership. As a clinical psychologist, Umpile's experience spans over two decades in private practice, where she's worked with individuals, couples, and families. She's currently the CEO of the Marriage and Family Institute of South Africa, which provides therapy services to deal with a variety of psychological conditions such as stress and anxiety, depression, trauma, and grief counseling. She also does consulting where she's subcontracted to facilitate self-care workshops at various companies. Umpile has a passion for working with women and contributing to society and alongside the Marriage and Family Institute, she's also the founder of the Marriage and Family Foundation which seeks to raise awareness of mental health issues and provide pro bono services to the less privileged who are not able to afford therapy services. So thank you to my guest Umpile and we'll get started. So based on our topic today Umpile, we've all got a basic um, but good understanding of what mental health is, but perhaps you could tell us about the technical and accepted definitions of mental health. I know all of us have a good understanding of what it means, but let's get what the World Health Organization says about what mental health care is. They define it as a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities. They can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and they are able to make a contribution to their society. So that's how they look at um, mental health at a broad level. Okay, so that's the technical definition. And what would the definition be from a psychological perspective? From a psychology point of view, we, we always like to, to divide it in mental health into three aspects, which are your thoughts, your emotions, and your behavior. And there's a very close link and relationship between these three, with the thoughts being the most uh, powerful and foremost, because as the saying goes, it all starts in the mind. So thoughts, our thoughts lead to our emotions and our emotions do lead to our behavior. And we'll talk more about that connection when it comes to mental health and how we take care of our own mental health. We can also make reference to the six-factor model of psychological well-being when we talk about mental health, which is your autonomy, your ability to uh, do things independently, uh, make decisions, and, and live life independently or, or autonomically. 
uh, environmental mastery or personal growth, positive relations with others, purpose in life, and very, very importantly, also then your self-acceptance, how well you accept yourself. Umpile, we all know the importance of looking after your physical health, but please tell us why it's important to look after your mental health also. Because of the benefits that we get when we are in good mental health status, because this enables us to feel confident about ourselves, gives us a sense of control. You know, when you have that sense that um, you can control your circumstances, you can predict what's going to happen. It, it just gives you that sense that all is okay with you. And it also, when we are in good mental health, we can cope well with the stresses of life. We can be physically healthy. And we'll talk more about the, the link between our physical health and our mental health later on. We can have good relationships, make meaningful contribution to our communities, work productively and realize our full potential when we are operating at our optimum in our mental health. That sounds like a great place for any person to be, being able to cope, have good relationships and be productive. I mean, who wouldn't want that? So let's talk a little bit more about the factors that affect mental health. Perhaps before I, I speak to these factors, which I think we all know, as I mentioned earlier on, the contents of what I'm sharing with you is not something new. Um, most of these things, we are aware of them, we know them. We're hoping that we would highlight your attention and, and help you to get to a point of consciously looking and intentionally looking after your mental health. I think before we take, talk to these general factors, let's just talk about the continuum of mental health from good mental health to the other side of the spectrum, which is mental illness. It is a continuum and your mental health can actually vary throughout life. Um, your mental status or mental health does not remain static throughout your life. It depends on various factors that affect your life. Along that continuum, somewhere in between, there's a point, there's a tipping point that if you go beyond that point where your mental health deteriorates to a point where you're not able to cope with the normal pressures of life, you can get to the end of, of being um, diagnosed with a mental illness. But a lot, I can also say that some of the people who do have mental illness diagnosis and are living with those mental illnesses, when they are well under treatment, when they are taking care of themselves and their mental wellness, they can actually enjoy good mental health. And for, for those who do have naturally good mental health, it can deteriorate to a point where you are not able to cope with life. And that's when you may get to that tipping point. So very important that you are aware of this continuum and the fact that your mental health is not stated, it's not gonna stay in one place all the time. So some of the factors that we are looking at which affect um, uh, your mental health throughout, this, throughout your life and through this continuum is mostly stress. And this stress is caused, we can generalize it under stress, but this stress is caused by a number of factors. For example, 
trauma of any kind, violation of whether it's violence, whether it's um, you know being attacked or being in an accident, any form of trauma can produce that level of stress, which leads to uh, can lead to your or somebody's mental health deteriorating. And what about your physical health? Some physical illnesses can cause one to have to progressively uh, develop poor mental health. For example, if you are dealing with cancer, as much as you would be under physical treatment, you would be um, taking care of yourself, but because it takes a toll on somebody, most people do get affected and may get to a point where sometimes they experience depression along that process of even dealing with a physical illness. So there's that link between physical and mental health. And sometimes our mental health is so poor, we can end up with some physical illnesses. For example, some illnesses such as high blood pressures can be induced by prolonged stress. Okay, loss or grief. And we're talking about loss of any kind. It can be a loss of life, loss of a loved one. Um, it can, which is what most of us are dealing with right now in these times. It can be a loss of a relationship. Sometimes it's just even a loss of a lifestyle um, or a loss of a job. Any kind of loss can have major impact on somebody's general well-being and particularly on their mental health. And as much as most of us are able to cope with the daily demands of life, sometimes it so happens that this become overwhelming. It can also be that over time, there, there may have been a, 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 a prolonged stress stressor that depletes our resources and our ability to cope with such a stress and therefore, what we normally were able to cope with progressively can become difficult. And very, very common also is change, which they say, as we all know the cliche, change is the only constant in life. So the introduction of any type of change, even the changes that we have had to deal with in the last 18 months since the, since, um, COVID was declared a pandemic worldwide is one of the things that we are still grappling with until today. And our current reality, yes, there are those general issues that would normally cause um, stress that would impact on your mental health. And currently, we are living under some of those circumstances. And if I look at where we are right now, I'm sure you'll agree with me that with the COVID situation, all the general stated things on the left-hand side are applicable. At one point or another, you would have experienced some of those. So it's an unprecedented time in our lives where really uncertainty is, um, is more a norm, a conscious, let me rather say a conscious norm, because uncertainty is always there. It's just that when we are not constantly reminded of the new things that we are having to live with, like we are now with COVID, we are not conscious that we are actually learning new things all the time and that actually 
every day of our lives is uncertain. When you leave your gate driving to work, you don't know whether you're going to come back. But we have normalized that uncertainty. So uncertainty is actually part of our lives. It's just that some, at some level, some of it we have come to accept. And then when another one that kind of makes a demands on our internal resources, it then makes it conscious to us that we are dealing with um, uncertainty. So not only have we been dealing with the COVID situation since um, the World Health, uh, the World Health Organization that declared it as a pandemic since I think it was uh, 2020 January, but in our country, I think it was in March. So we're almost about 18 months into this whole thing. And the future is also not looking so good. Right now we are going through one of the toughest peaks. And there's also talks of a fourth peak coming. And the variant of the COVID virus being a different one. So we're still being pushed towards this levels of uncertainty as much as we are under uncertain conditions. The unrest in the country of the last couple of of the last week in particular, have also added to the stresses of this uncertainty, particularly in certain provinces where people were affected. And I think for a lot of people also, not only was what was happening last week stressful on its own, it became also stressful because for some people, it actually triggered past memories of painful experiences that happened. I know um, for most of, of the people who were here before, prior to 1994, we know the violence that took place at that time, the riots that took place at that time. So for some people who may have had a first-hand ex experience of those, it would have been a, a sort of trigger that also just exacerbate things. And this continuous having to adjust to the new norm kind of thing. It is one of those things that is pulling on our resources, on our mental resources, impacting our mental health. And we can find a way of coping even in the midst of this. And we will talk about those coping mechanisms. Sure. You know, everything you've said really resonates with me. And I'm sure a lot of people feel like this pandemic has really brought with it so many changes and tragedies that have really challenged their mental stability. So let's talk a little bit more about the effect of this type of uncertainty on mental stability, please. What is uncertainty, basically? Uncertainty, it's just simply put a state of not being able to predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen, and so we are not sure, just not knowing. And that's what it is. The way our brain works is that we like to make reference to our past experiences. Even though this process may take place at an unconscious level, we make reference to our past experiences and how we can then apply that past experience to the now and to the future. And in some areas, we have managed to, we managed to be able to feel a sense of 
being in control because we kind of can tell, okay, next week, Monday, this is going to happen. This is what I planned. But in the face of uncertainty, we cannot always do that because we are confronted with the new. The brain doesn't have reference to what to apply to this new thing that we are now exposed to. And therefore, it gives us that sense of not being in control, not being able to uh, plan for our future. And that for some people can be a very debilitating um, stage where you feel that you cannot, you don't have control. And it is a major source of stress because it brings it with that fear of the unknown, fear of not being in control. And the feelings associated with that are feelings of insecurity, not being safe, not feeling stable, not feeling like you, you can settle down. And, and that agitation of, and, and a sense of helplessness as at, some, at, at, at some point as well. And this would normally elicit a flight or freeze or fight kind of response. And what does that mean, the flight or fight response? What are we talking about there? When we don't know what to do, different people react in different ways. And sometimes sometimes we don't even have an insight into our own reactions. We only find out when we are in certain situations that, oh, this is how I react when I get this confronted with this situation. An example of a flight reaction would be where you may try not to deal with the situation by either ignoring it or either just um, not dealing with it. Um, it's a sort of denial of some kind. That's now a flight response. A freeze response, you recognize that this is a problem, you recognize this is a difficult situation, but you are just paralyzed, you don't know what to do. And with a flight situation, and most people especially those who like to have a sense of control, will engage in a fight type of reaction. And a typical, if I can make an example with a, of a typical fight reaction that we saw, particularly when COVID started, was the panic buying that was happening when COVID started. For example, I mean, I still am wondering to this day, to be quite honest with you, what the toilet paper was going, was all about. I don't know if people that bought that much toilet paper today, they can sit and explain. I, I, I have my doubts, but the issue is a fight response that is not always rational. It's a response that says, as long as I'm doing something, I, I can feel like I'm in control. I can feel like I'm doing something I'm not leaving the situation to take over. I'm taking over the situation. So that's a typical fight type of reaction. And as I say, it's not always a very rational decision. It's, it's something that we engage in to make ourselves feel better, to make ourselves feel like we are doing something about the situation. And this, you can understand that it will, it does uh, exhaust our emotional reserves. What happens when the body engages in these different response levels? The body also, when, when our, our minds react in these different responses, our body also reacts in, in a specific way. You will find that you, you experience certain physical symptoms. You, 
there'll be tension. That tension can manifest as a tension headache, can be like a stomach um, tension that you feel knots in your stomach. You'll feel different types of physical and emotional uh, responses. The body also in some ways produces certain hormones just to, 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 to assist us in, in dealing with the, 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 the threat that we are facing in that uncertain moment. And even your body organs, they can begin to secrete certain acids, maybe overly or react in abnormal ways that you normally they normally don't do. And hence you find that some people will develop even under the circumstances, things like go ulcer because your stomach then begins to also react in a specific way in helping you in your response. Once again, that connection between the physical and the mental health um, is, is, is demonstrated. And now this uncertainty, as we said earlier on, it is part of life. And it is said that it is our level of intolerance of uncertainty or the low uncertainty tolerance that leads to healthy emotional and behavioral reactions and eventually can lead to our mental health deteriorating, such as um, people then developing depression, anxiety, and even physical illness. So it can propel us towards that tipping point I was talking about earlier on. Okay, just some quotes to help us with uncertainty. Um, because we're saying that uncertainty and change, they're like twins, they go together. And as much as it's said that change is the only constant, I would actually equally uh, attribute that to uncertainty as well. But some of the quotes that I think would help us to put uncertainty into perspective. Uh, you can see them on the screen. The one says to be present, really truly present in heart and life requires empathizing with uncertainty and resting focus. And I, I think you will all agree with that and identify with it. The next one says have patience with everything that remains unsolved in your heart. Live in the question. That sounds easier than done. Said, easier said than done, but that is the art of life, to try and embrace living in the question, in the uncertainty. And if the other one, sorry for the cut there, it says, if uncertainty is unacceptable to you, it turns into fear. And if it is acceptable, it, it, it turns into increased aliveness, alertness and creativity. You've definitely given us something to think about and reflect on, Nompile, the warning signs that our mental health is at risk. And I believe that that's a good place to end the first part of our series. Join us next time for part two, where we continue our conversation with Nompile and dive deeper into how to care for your mental health in the midst of uncertainty. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please visit our website, www.zoehealth.com to share and rate this podcast and to access more content and resources like this. Join us on our next episode as we bring you more of the women's health and wellness topics that matter to you. Mm -hmm.